Today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Based out of New York, The Gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. While we are all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall the gallery finish. Right now, The Gallery is offering our listeners 15% off their purchase by using the code 15OFF. Go to thegallery.com. That's T-H-E-G-A-L-R-Y. Dot com, so your wall will never be boring again. Welcome to another episode of the So-Called Oreos podcast, the podcast where we discuss all the awkwardness, hardship, and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. I'm Amari Pollard, here with my co-hosts, Kia Swinton, Rachel Fowler, Janae Price. Hey, guys. Hey, hey y'all. <laughs> Hashtag professional. Look at us mm-hmm. <laughs> on our seventh take. Um, so, how is everyone doing this week? Uh, Don't stop. I'm gonna let you guys go first because I actually have stuff to say. Okay. I'll let you go first. <laughs> Kia, you might as well. Like, it's not. Fun. It's not fun <laughs> Don't <thing>. make us white. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not anything fun. I, I and this is following me super depressing, which is not used like good for the person who's the optimistic person on the podcast but i just feel like the pandemic is like i'm i don't want to sound insensitive but i feel like it's really getting to me right now and i know we've been in it for like five six months and maybe i was just kind of like delusional about everything like i knew it was important obviously i like I'm, i haven't really seen anyone but now I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm just really scared for like fall and winter in terms of like seasonal depression, especially for people in the Northeast. And then I'm also just scared because the fact that we haven't gotten better is really scaring me. Um, I think like when I look at like the Q2 results in like in career and stuff like that, and it's, and I'm really realizing like, Oh, it's not getting better. And like each quarter it's going to get worse and worse in terms of like most people's businesses and like people like, Congress hasn't passed anything, you know, with like the CARES Act and stuff like that. And people might get evicted. And I think it's just taken like a toll on me mentally because I'm just like, wow, this is real. And like, I really don't know how I'm going to get through fall and winter. And that like really scares me because it's like almost out of my hands. Like, I get it. There's only so much you can do with like hobbies and stuff like that. But then, you know, we've already I've already done this for five months. So I just don't know, like, what more I can do differently in the next like five months that's that's real yeah i mean i mean i'm yeah sorry i I think that's fair i'm the i'm i'm fortunate enough to be able to have my apartment in north carolina and originally i was going to um end my lease in in december when i go back home for christmas but i'm keeping it mainly because of seasonal depression and i want to be somewhere warm um just because I already struggle with anxiety and depression. And so the idea of being stuck inside in Syracuse, New York for several months, and we know how winter goes there. Um, So I think that's like a real, uh, I think that's a real issue and a real fear. And, you know, again, access to, you know, therapy and mental health resources is not cheap or easy. So real talk for me, that was something that just came up. Um, I was, 
talking to a friend and they were basically like, you know, winter's coming soon. And it hadn't hit me because I've been, you know, enjoying the summer, being back in New York, being able to just, you know, sit on my stoop and see that people are still out and about doing things. But the thought hit me that, like, I don't have a job yet. For those of you who don't know, I was laid off because of sister COVID wreaking havoc on the world. Um, and the idea of like me not having a job act, uh, sorry, a job yet, the cares act, um, them not making any decisions on it. And then the idea that like, yay, it's getting cooler out. But at the same time, that means that the sun is going to start setting at like five o'clock. Um, and it's, it's getting a little more real. And I think I've been able to kind of push it off with this idea of like, you know, I'm enjoying myself right now, not having a job for the first time in three years when I basically rushed into getting a job after graduating from college. But now I'm just kind of like, this might not look cute in a few months. So you're not bringing it down. You're being real. It's yeah. And I don't know. Cause like I did, I mean, I think I said this on the podcast before, like, I did lose my job, like, back in winter of, like, what was that, 2018, 20, I don't even know, because life sucks, but <laughs> just the thought, and I always was like, oh, if I can get through this, you know, I can get through anything, and just the thought that, like, potentially that happening again during a pandemic during winter, it's just like, okay, I've already gone through this, I don't know if I could actually do it again, and it's also, like, starting me to, like, rethink, like, I'm, like, questioning, and I, this might just me being emotional, but I'm kind of questioning, like, my purpose in, like, in terms of career. I, I guess I've just been really thinking about things and, like, not in terms of, like, personal life and career and social life and love life and all this stuff and just not having control. And I thought I was okay with it, but once, like, August 1 hit, it really was, like, oh, we've been in this for five months. The next month is fall. And it just really started, like... I don't know. I've just, I've been trying to like change the mentality, but I'm just, I'm like really struggling to be honest. I mean, like, I feel like also like control is just a concept because actually in reality, none of us have control, but we like to think we do, even though that's not comforting still. Um, But I I totally understand where you're coming from. Someone this weekend asked me, like, we're just like sitting down having like a regular schmegular conversation. And he's like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, I don't even know where I see myself tomorrow. I can't even mm-hmm. think, you know, in, I'm, I'm interning this summer and today some, my, my manager was like, you know, what, like, what do you envision for your career and how can I tell, like, I'm not going to tell my manager. I like, when I look into the future, I don't really see anything because I don't know what anything looks like. And it's not, it's, it's, it's really hard to be in a positive mindset when everything mm-hmm. around you keeps on telling you the opposite. Yeah, 100%. It's that. I also, like, feel the same way. Um, Because this, like, this past past couple of uh, weeks, I was just, like, like, life was hitting me really hard. Um, And, like, like he said, like, you know, I didn't realize that we've been in this for five months until August 1st hit. And I was like, wait, like, next month is September. You know, so it's just a lot that's going on, a lot of uncertainty. And um, my job even was talking about um, the budget for the next fiscal year. Mm -hmm. 
And that includes like, you know, the employees. And I think when um, my supervisor says that and like the morning meeting that we had the other day, when she said that, that I was just like, wow, because I, I wasn't really thinking about that because, you know, I've been working since March and everything has been going smoothly, thank God. But for her to say that and the end of the fiscal year is coming up, you know, we're waiting on a new budget. Um, I think everyone is just going through, you know, their own personal issues on top of COVID. And I think that is just making everyone feel however however everyone is feeling i'm feeling there are days where i feel like super super depressed like really really down and um it's i i'm allowing myself to go through those feelings i'm waking up saying i don't i don't feel good today i feel really really low um i'm acknowledging my my feelings and it's also like how i go about my day am i going to just sit here and feel depressed or am i going to get up and do something to make me feel better. And I think throughout this whole um, pandemic, starting from like April to now, I've had those days a lot. Um, luckily, I can afford to um, speak to a mental health counselor, speak to a therapist about what I'm going through. And I do look forward to her, like my calls with her. She's been really, really helpful. Um, so for like you, Kia, Marge and everyone, listening like hang in there find something every day to bring you out of that like mental stump that we all are going through amen yeah that's that's real and i also feel like i guess i think it's also just like a career development thing i'm very into like working for myself but then like the paths of getting there there's just a lot of things where i'm just like and like you said, Rachel, like our quarter two was down significantly. And I was just like, da, 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 da. If they would have laid, laid us off, they would have done it already. And then for them to say it, it's just like, oh, wait. Oh, I forgot we had to like do quarter and stuff like that. Um, so that's just like, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, Kia, stay positive and hopefully you're fine. But like, it's, it's, wouldn't it be human for me not to think about the consequences that are possible? Anyway, <laughs> on to Kia with vodka positive things. <laughs> Talking about nostalgia this week, I'm going to Black History, guys, okay? August 9th, 1963, Whitney Houston was born in Newark, New Jersey, and is cited as the most awarded female artist of all time by Guinness World Records and is one of the best-selling recording artists of all time. So just, you know, talking about nostalgia this episode, I thought that was, um, you know, music is a big part of that, and that is someone that Black people love. And then the next little fact for you is August 10th, 1981, the Coca-Cola Bottling Company agreed to pump $34 million into Black businesses and Black community, ending a national boycott called by PUSH. PUSH stands for People United to Save Humanity and is a nonprofit founded by Jesse Jackson that raised public awareness to initiate corporate action and government sponsorship. And I just wanted to highlight that because um, I think a lot of times we forget about how much economic power black people have. And I really wish we would lean into that. So, you know, we complain about, you know, Kylie Jenner and all these big businesses. But it's like you have the option to not buy from Kylie Jenner. (laughs) <laughs> and if we all like came together, we actually have a lot of power in this world. So I thought it was, I never heard about this boycott. And I thought it was super awesome that this organization like did a lot of these economic boycotts because unfortunately I feel like all 
the only color white people see is green. And I think when you start affecting their money, that is when action, unfortunately, becomes to be like a realization for them. Good points, Kim. Good points. Okay, so uh, this week on Black Professionals We Love, if you guys, um, uh, well, peep the title of this episode, we're obviously talking about nostalgia. So I wanted to highlight Kiki Palmer. Um, she was like one of my idols growing up. And when I first saw her in the Kila in the B, um, I can vividly remember, I think I watched that movie like several times in theaters. Um, and I just felt like that was the first time I really saw myself on screen. You know, here was this little black girl with glasses and she had a gap like me and she was dark skin like me um so in a weird way it's been cool to like feel like i've grown up alongside her and seen her evolution as a person um you know i think she's someone who embodies the saying diversify your portfolio because i don't know like what she doesn't do you know from her singing career which started on the akila and the b soundtrack which was fire in her music video and her dancing was um she's very skilled to uh true jackson vp and scream queens and her talk show that just got canceled, but she got nominated for a 2020 daytime Emmy award. So, I mean, um, I think she is just doing a lot of great things professionally. Um, she's doing a lot of great activism. Uh, and I just like respect the hell out of her. So I wanted to give Kiki Palmer a shout out. And if you're listening, girl, love you. Yeah, that's great. I love Kiki Palmer. It's really sad to hear about her. Um, show because I know some people were saying they thought it was because she went to the Black Lives Matter protest, but I hope that's not the she, case. She's addressed it in the in the um in the media and she said that it's not like she she said that she had ex- had expected it to get canceled anyways. Um but I don't know. She could all I don't think I mean I feel like she's a pretty vocal person so if something had happened she probably would have said something. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully that's not the case. It's also weird if she's nominated for an Emmy, why they would can that show. I know, that's really, really surprising to me. I mean, I don't know how award shows work. I really don't. But I imagine that some of it was based off of numbers. So I imagine if you're getting a daytime Emmy, that means that... It's the Academy. So is it all with the Academy votes and not numbers at all? It's it's with the Academy. Um, I only know this because I had to do awards Mm -hmm. for Vice, and it was honestly hell and it's like force like your votes are like the academy has to vote for you and obviously the academy is mostly white people so i just never understood how they thought that was fair um but yeah it's basically old white people have to vote for the for the show and whoever gets like the most well, numbers. honestly people were surprised about her show being canceled but i was surprised by her show even existing like Kiki palmer M- michael strahan and whoever the hell the white lady was sorry um it just seemed like a random, like a random group trio. So to me, it didn't, I didn't even realize it was a thing until that um, black hair segment went viral. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I never watched it either, but I think it's just because Michael Strahan and the white lady are on GMA, yeah, but right? Like how did Kiki Palmer get it? Like, how does she get in? I think they just wanted a black face, she, to be honest. She started on the show because she was um, covering for the other host, because the other host was on maternity leave. Okay. And then they decided, okay, let's we're going to keep Kiki on because I guess they liked her. Okay. Um, and that's how she um, got on that show. 
Okay, but Kiki, she's hosted stuff before. I feel like I used to see her on. Yeah, was she on like she one had of her own show something? on B? Yeah, she BT. had her own talk show on BT. Okay, yeah. yeah. Again, diversify your portfolio. She's doing it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but so this week we're talking about nostalgia. I think we were just saying how not all of us, but um, some of us have gone home during this period of time just to to be with family um, and. You know, for me, being in my childhood bedroom, I was just curious and would stumble upon different things like Game Boys and old magazines with cover stars from shows that um, that I used to be obsessed with. And so I thought, you know, it's a pandemic. Shit is just depressing. Let's talk about something that makes us happy. And I know a lot of people like shit from like the 20 like the two like i can't even talk i'm saying the 20s um the early the early the early 2000s and 1990s like makes us really happy so what do they call the early 2000s is that like the oos i I feel like it's the early 2000s no but like when you see it abbreviated and it's like a zero and a zero yeah zero zero is it the oos like what do you call that though the The double o's i don't know Never Let us know, guys. <laughs> like you see it, you see it in print. Like you see it in copy on websites. The mm-hmm. double O's. How do That's I pronounce true. that? Am I? I the- think people just. I think you see it, but people just know to say the two thousand. Yeah, early two thousand. Yeah. And now that we said the early two thousand so many times, I can't get my head. Um, I keep on thinking of like the VH1 like roundups of music videos and like top hundred songs. Did you guys ever used to watch those? I used yeah. to watch like the I love the eighties. Yes, I love the nineties. I love or, like the, the one hit wonders. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Those, okay. I used to watch yeah. those. Nostalgia. I tell you, nostalgia. I used to watch one hundred six. I feel like I vividly remember like one hundred six and Park being a huge part of like yeah. summer. Like me and my sister would be like, "What's going to be number one?" Because we were out of school and just like always looking at like what would be the number one now? And like, that was actually, and then um, also when Disney channel used to do the short, like music yeah. videos, which is how I saw the Jonas Brothers. I was like, Oh my God. I'm <laughs> okay. I, I remember <laughs> the night that um, the, the, was it the year 3000 came out was the yes. same night that Negrassi, Degrassi aired the episode where JT got stabbed. Yo, when JT got stabbed, got, when uh, he, I, I cried so hard. So I remember running from the family room up to the guest room um, to go watch the premiere and just like crying as I'm watching the uh, (laughs) the Jonas Brothers music video, (laughs) thinking about JT, but that shit was fire. Like, I feel like I'm I'm the only person that didn't get into um, watching the Degrassi. Have you never watched it? The Degrassi. I didn't get into watching the Degrassi. No, the Degrassi was not my show. What? So wait, so when Drake came on the scene, was that the first time you saw Drake? Yes. Yeah, for yes. me. What? Yo, yeah. I was I I didn't watch Degrassi till like the last what? season. And you know what's funny? My parents, um, someone made a joke about Drake being in a wheelchair. Wheelchair or Jimmy. And my parents were like, yeah. Yeah, my parents were like, why do they keep saying that? And I was like, oh, it's from Degrassi. That's how Drake started. Like, they didn't know. When I tell you, Degrassi was educational. It was. I only knew about school shootings because Degrassi, when Drake got shot. It's a Canadian, right? Yeah. We've got to ask our listeners which was worse. 
Drake being shot or JT being stabbed? It, and this depends on what kind of generation you watch Degrassi with, because they were both in the same generation, but JT getting stabbed was at the end of that generation, and Drake slash Jimmy getting shot was at the beginning of that generation. So it depends say, on what you are. I'm just going to say, I think JT was a little bit sadder, mainly mm-hmm. because t- he died. Um, at least Jimmy got a second chance to... Liberty was pregnant. Oh, I forgot Liberty was pregnant. And also... Liberty was pregnant. Drake was not very likable in Degrassi until after he got shot. Mm-hmm. So he was like a jock. He was a basketball player. Everyone was like, Jimmy. He was like the cool guy. And then he got shot. But I think... It's also hard to... Because in the way in which... One, why... I mean, either way, the black boy getting shot or stabbed is equally bad. But mm-hmm. um, I thought it was interesting because you see JT get stabbed from the front. So you see JT's like life leave his eyes. Mm-hmm. With Drake, he gets shot from the back, which is <gasps> also still bad because the guy's scene. running away and he's that not. Scene. Where he's like, oh. Yeah, it's that That was some good acting. That was some good acting. Yeah, I'm about to go. Drake. I'm about to, after this call, I'm about to go watch some Degrassi. I know, I know, I know, I know right? <laughs> Seriously. Okay. You know what? I, I might watch Del Degrassi as well. <laughs> Just I might act as calm. Rachel, you sound like the, the old auntie. I sound like the old lady. <laughs> I, I just didn't get into that show. I don't know why. There's time. It's okay. I, I really didn't either until like the, my white friends made me watch like the last season. Then I got hooked and then it went off and I was like, okay. I still, as an adult, <laughs> will go back and like watch it just binge watch the season because like sometimes it'll pop up on Netflix or it'll be on demand and it's like a guilty pleasure last time I watched it they were really incorporating um like different gender identities and different sexualities in it which was kind of cool to watch so it's like okay the kids but yeah it's a fun show yes speaking of great shows on Netflix uh, Janae can talk about this more too because like mm. Netflix just made a whole bunch of announcements of great older shows coming on. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah. Um, so they announced um, through, hold on, y'all looking at my notes. Um, they included Sister Sister, Moesha, Girlfriends to their show roster. And that was through Strong Black Lead which is basically Netflix initiative to hire more people of color and to put, well, not more people of color, black people to hire more black people um, to basically just diversify their brand. Um, So I thought that that was really, really cool. Um, And I feel like there were talks of rebooting some of these shows and then COVID happened and those talks stopped. So I like that Netflix is putting these shows on their platform my only issue is that I think all of these shows will be off of Netflix in like October ish. So that's a little annoying to me. What? Yeah, that's, that's what I saw. Why would they only keep it exactly? For that that's what I saw on one of the the websites I was reading this on. Which I'm like, I'm not sure how accurate that is, but that's what the website said. So I really hope that they can do better and keep this on for longer. And they're not just like, you know, we just want to appease the girls for now because sister, sister. Like Negro content for three exactly. months. And <laughs> Sister Sister, Moesha, um, Girlfriends, those are all such pivotal, show, pivotal shows for like most young black women. 
Um, I recently started watching Moesha and it's been interesting. It's been, it's been interesting though. With a lot they, of I've heard some, some rumblings about issues like on Twitter, people were talking about like, damn, I forgot about the, the episode where Mo kind of, outed almost outed someone about being gay Ooh, uh, there was a I'm lot of fat yet. shaming so it's it's there I always feel so like, much fat shaming so much fat shaming it, it's always hard i think in general watching shows that you loved as a kid and realizing things that you didn't pick up on back then and looking back on it and you're like oh this is so mm. the last episode i just watched Moesha re- was reunited with this white boy that she used to be in like summer camp with, right? Her dad put her in summer camp with people, very, very diverse people, basically, so she can be more comfortable around all different walks of life. Her and this white boy meet, they decide to go on a date. Her dad is just like, you sure you want to do that? You can't date a white boy. Like, you know, that's not going to go well. And you are expecting in this episode for, you know, everything to go well and the dad to be completely contradicted. Instead, the dad was right. And every force was just against Moesha and this white guy dating. And then at the end of the episode, they just decide not to be together. And it was just... What were the forces? Okay. Like, give yeah. me examples because I yeah. haven't seen So it. they first went to a bar of the white boys choosing. It was like a pool hall or whatever. They were discriminating. Are they teenagers? Yeah, they're teenagers, but it's Moesha. <laughs> um, they were discriminated against at the pool hall because, like, the woman who was serving them food gave them cold and nasty food, gave them the wrong order, and they tried to speak up about it in the room, basically, like, this is all you get. Um, then they went to Moesha's side of town to go to, what is it called? Like the den or the pit, which is like the mm-hmm. pop-in club that Moesha and all, all the black shows have that. Yeah. All the, all the black shows have that. So Moesha and her guy go there and, um, one of Moesha's like classmates basically tries to f- start a fight with the white guy and is just basically like, why are you here with her? Da, 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 da. Um, and it was just like little stuff like that. It was just a whole bunch of other people's reactions. And then at the end of the night, the white boy's basically like, well, this was interesting. I like you. I'll see you around, I guess. And Moesha was kind of like, does that mean that we're saying goodbye? And he's like, and she's just kind of like, and then they say goodbye to each other. Wait, so what? Oh, yeah, and she, she was really upset about it afterwards. She was basically, she went home and you know her father asked her like pumpkin how was your day and she's like the world sucks and like went and cried um newsflash it's still sucks. yeah but i feel like that situation is very realistic though it's, it's, it's very, very realistic. realistic i feel like the only unrealistic bit is i question if they would have kept on seeing each other longer it's kind of sad that that's like the story yeah. like it's like yes all this hate from other people but then it's just to be like Okay, whatever. But I mean, that's real though. Some people do feel like they can't handle it. And I was actually listening to this podcast where uh, this they brought in a black man who had dated white girls, and I guess his first girlfriend was white in college. And the white girl like 
wouldn't talk to him like over break when she was with his mm-hmm. her family and she wouldn't bring him to like the formals and she wouldn't do anything like they would just sit inside have this like relationship but outside like you know kind of in the world it was just non-existent um and then he was talking about how like she didn't really fight for the relationship she just kind of let it like let her parents tell her whatever when she went home and then i think he just felt like so off and he he made a good point like if you're gonna be in that type of situation like each person has to fight for each person and she kind of just like would like hide him in the back that's sad that's sad amari is like amari's face (laughs) i'm sorry i know i i was kind of side-eyeing him because i I mean, this could be a whole. This is a whole other episode. This is a whole other. But I feel like we all kind of like and know like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's like, know, but yeah, I that's messed up. Really, really messed up of her. But at the same time, bro, know your worth. You don't deserve that. So. That's what I'm saying, like, bro. At what at what point do you got to be like, hey, maybe this like yeah, like me? I'm not trying like, to be anybody's secret on from the white girl okay <laughs> um yeah okay so we're talking back to happiness right <laughs> yeah yeah um but if you're interested you guys can listen to our interracial dating uh episode and get a little taste about these conversations Ooh. we've had before in the past maybe it's worth um re-upping again shameless i would love to interview a black man who's dating a white girl we have can to do, do that, that. <laughs> you can. <do> it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm, I just I, I don't know. I feel like that's a conversation, but I also feel like stat wise, I just want to say that um, according to stats, and you guys can Google this. I'm not just saying this just to say it, but black men are twice as likely to date outside their race than black women. We just, didn't need a stat to know. Yeah, but some people, some people are like, oh, you guys are biased. It's like, no, that's true. Yeah. And we all know black men out there that'd be like, no, it just seems that way. Oh, that's their first. And it's like, okay. It's like, no. What I'm seeing walking down the street ain't no goddamn lie. Anyway. (laughs) Also, black women are more of the population than black men. So let's just. And let's also talk about the stats where black women are the least favored on like every dating app. This is exactly why. Also, they're. The most educated in the black community. You know what? This isn't about us. This is about nostalgia. (laughs) (laughs) We just had to throw some, drop some facts for y'all. So what are... Real quick, real quick, real quick. Blasians unite. (laughs) And I say this, I say this because black women are the least swiped on apps and Asian men are the least swiped on apps. Let's get it popping, y'all. Yeah, we We talked about 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 this. Issa Rae's been talking about this. And she and she she wrote in, in into the script in insecure. Let's get it popping. Anyway, back to nostalgia. Yes. So, what are some what are some other TV shows y'all loved growing up? Or favorite black characters? Yes, with any favorite black characters. Definitely the Proud Family for me. I honestly remember looking at that and be like, "Wow, can't believe this like black ass show is on air." And I was like, "What, thirteen? But I. You know, because you've never seen anything like that. But I really love that. Um, I just I just love The Proud Family. I thought it was so funny and, like, so real. And I feel like other ones are, like, Everybody Hates Chris, The Bernie Mac Show. We're trying to Ooh, keep it to uh, black stuff. All my chil- not All My Children. Uh, 
all of us. us. My, no. wife kids. Uh, my wife and my kids. My wife and kids. My wife and kids. Also a good one. Yeah, those except are when they replace the dark skinned daughter for the light skinned daughter. daughter. They've been doing that for in a lot of black shows oh, they for do a long that a time. Lot. French, uh, the French, French Prince. I was going to mention the Fresh Prince because yeah. I love the Fresh Prince, but yes, that they did that. They definitely did. That show never gets old either. It's very rare when I'm like, oh, the show never gets old, but uh, the Fresh Prince, I never yeah. get tired of. And I'm sorry, people are going to hate me, but I never get tired of Friends either. Sorry. <laughs> I've never watched Friends in my life and I refuse. I w- yeah. Like, Wait, Rachel, did you say it was one of your favorites? Living single. Single. Oh, living single. Yes. Living single. Living single. Yeah. Living single. 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 Like that was oh. Oh, my show. Steve Urkel and Laura, what, Laura, Lauren, Laura. I was we really know who you mean. Yeah, and then when he turned to Stefan, I was like, "There's hope for me too." Stefan was fine. Stefan was fine. Stefan was fine. When he went he to that cr- that machine so and then too. came out. <laughs> um. Sorry, I was saying Sister Sister is also another one where I was like, oh, I love Does this. anyone have this weird thing where you know you watch these shows? Like, I know specifically that I watched um, Sister Sister and Proud Family. Like, I know I watched them religiously, but I just can't remember much from them. Oh, I have a worse memory, so I can't remember anything past, like, yeah. two years. For me, it's Sister Sister and Family Matters. Like, I used to always watch those shows, but I just can't remember Nothing. Um, certain episodes, but I know I watched it, like, every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> weirdly enough from sister sister the episodes i remember the most are when they're singing like there's some musical element in in it which is weird mm. so like when tamara did the talent show and she's saying um i'm going down like that will forever be etched in my brain because i would go in the shower and sing that rendition every night after that episode <laughs> That's interesting. I remember the Will Smith episode when the daughter, Ashley, was singing the talent show and she was singing to her parents like she's a grown woman. Oh, my God. I'm forgetting the song. Please don't kill me. Okay. I just like disregard what I just said, but I remember the sing. I'm forgetting the song. What the hell? I'm so sorry. Disregard me. Um. So y'all know I'm the anime nerd of the group. I'll wear the hat. Um. In Dragon Ball Z. Piccolo was black. Piccolo was black. He's a green character. I have to. I made a point never to watch Dragon Ball Z. Why? Why? I don't know. We, I just go like to this babysitter's house sometimes after school, and like all the kids are watching Dragon Ball Z, and they were all white, and I just like did not understand it. And like all. Wait, I know Piccolo. Was he? What do you mean he's black? He's played by a black person. I don't know, but he black. Piccolo's black. <laughs> Oh, you just made this up. I didn't make this up. In the black anime community, because he is Kia, it's just his feel, (laughs) the way he talks, the way he acts, the way he does things. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel He may have been a Namek. He may have been Namekian, but the Namekians were black. Piccolo was black. That's all I'm saying. What the fuck is happening? (laughs) It's okay. You know, I would let you. She said a Namekian. The Namekians. He's a Namek. He's from planet Namek. 
the people who are listening to this and watch Dragon Ball Z will know what I mean. This is not for you three. I used to watch Dragon Ball Z, but I didn't, like, I don't obviously know their name. And, like, I just looked at the characters because basically, like, I had older cousins. I didn't have brothers. I have two older guy cousins, and they would just hand me down, like, literally everything. So if I wanted a Game Boy or a PlayStation, my parents legit wouldn't buy me any of this. They would just be like, wait until your your cousins are done with it. That's literally all I remember. So I remember them giving me (laughs) Dragon Ball Z, and, like, I would play – 2k live so my growing up was very like manly because it was just like all the leftovers for my cousins and i was just like we would just be like okay we got a new game so i played a lot I of dragon ball z, but i had no idea what it was i, I don't even know it was just that's the name of even 2k live i'm like i don't know any of these characters i'm just gonna play because that's all we have <laughs> so what about Yu-Gi-Oh? i was just about to say i never watched Yu Gi Oh. I never watched any of these shows, but I knew a lot of people. I wanted to be like with the in crowd. So there was Avatar. No, I was going to say like the cards, like Yu Gi Oh cards, Pokemon cards. Pokemon never cards. watched any of the shit, but no, I have my Pokemon sister cards. was done with hers. I just stole them and then I presented them to people like I knew what I needed to do with them. Like a drug dealer? You like, I had a hey, binder I and I was like, open them and like, I'm like, you guys want to trade? Like, what? No, that's how it was with um, Pokemon cards. I had a binder of Pokemon cards too. Like that's what people did. It was real shit. But on the animated, on the animated nostalgia track, Avatar: Last Airbender is now on Netflix, and everyone's been watching it. It's my shit. Has been my shit for years. Um, that was actually my. It's shit. such a good show, and it's I'm gonna rewatch. rewatch. It's more than like a ch- the first season is uh, that's a child show, but after that, it's like just such a good show. I'm going to get a tattoo, Last Airbender themed. Um, I think I'm a waterbender. Is this a joke? Are you serious? No, you're an earthbender. No, I'm is a waterbender. Is this confirmed? I mean, com- when it, if it's related to your signs, you I'm are not relating it to my signs. I'm relating it to my feeling and my heart. I'm a waterbender. I always thought like the earthbender was so cool and I was like, I really? want to be an earthbender. Technically I'm fire. Yeah. I was like, earth, it's so cool. You can move the earth. And I was like, water, that's stupid <laughs> in air. I was like, that's dumb. But the earth, I was like, yeah. In the fire, they were just like badass. I was like, yeah, they can blow if up we're, stuff. If we're not going to do our astrological signs, like take the astrological signs out of it completely. Kia, you're a firebender. Rachel, I, I'm a fire sign. Yes, but you're a firebender too. You're double fire. You're just a fiery girl. Um, Rachel, you are an air sign. Amari. Amari, I think. She about to insult me? No, I think Amari's water, but Amari definitely has some fire sign tendencies. But I do, I will say. Yeah, because she's an Aries. Yeah, I'm an Aries. I'm not talking about zodiac signs, guys. Sign. Yes, but it does relate because I already knew like Amari would be water, and Rachel will probably be water. Or- no, Rachel's oh, Rachel's an air sign. Because I'm gentle. Water and Avatar are like they're gentle but fierce at the same time. I feel like they're wait, nurturing. I feel like the fire part would come out in the water and I'd just be some evil person and I'll just like spin that shit around you until you drown. Like, is that what they do in Airbender? Well, no, the fire only uses theirs for like- You just got confused. The the wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 
You just like to mix every <laughs> element together. Omari's the avatar. Omari's the avatar. Figured it out. You're the last airbender. <laughs> I only. Wait, why did you say I was fire? Because no one ever. I says think you're that. mad fire, Kia. What would you be, Kia? What do you think? Oh, you think you earth. No, it's funny because I always say I'm fire, and then all my close friends are like, Kia, you're not as like, like tough guarded as like you think you are, and I'm like, okay, but also in my chart, it's mostly it's only um, earth and water, and like two placements of Sagittarius, which is the only fire sign. So I have no air and like no fire, so I mostly attract like air and fire signs. But I'm not as fiery as like the typical like fire mm, sign. I see. We give me fire some deep astrological stuff. Yeah, I got a little. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's I, I don't even know that much. It's literally because my best friend slash roommate knows all this, and she will knows like everything about astrology. It's actually insane. So I only know that because of her. Um, okay. Sorry, guys. To get into the zodiac, I got thing. into astrology once because of a boy, but then we stopped talking, and then I was like, I don't care about this shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the astrology has been right too, though, because I always attract fire and air signs when it comes to dating as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, back to nostalgia. I have a cool list of things that the OO kids will remember. Like if you were growing up in the early 2000s, I'm calling the OO kids. Are we considered OO kids or 90 kids? We Do were you remember the 90s? the 90s? the way I think about it. No, but I hate when people like say that because I'm like, bitch, we were three in the 90s. But here's, here's the way I think about it. I was born in 94, right? I hardly remember anything in the 90s. So I just say I remember things in the OOs. Yeah, but, same. But does it count if like okay, so I was I don't remember anything from like the nineties, but I still like growing up in the in the OOs, I still paid attention to things that happened in the nineties, if that makes sense. Like a lot of the shows like had started in the nineties and I was still watching those shows. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Like I you know, I Oh, yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. We we came into ourselves in the two thousands. Yeah, not we're the still nineties. Right. We're yeah. still nineties babies, but mm-hmm. we don't remember shit from the nineties because of when we were born in the nineties. But we're right. still nineties babies, even if you were born in ninety eight. Can you imagine being a twenty twenty baby? That's so weird. <laughs> twenty twenty baby. God, God speed to them. <laughs> God speed. I grew up in the twenty twenties. <laughs> it's like oh fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Disregard. What were you gonna say? Janae uh, has a Janae. list. Disregard. Janae has a list of things from the 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 double O's, the the OOs. Oh, the OO babies will remember. Yes. So limited two. I wanted limited two plus so badly. Oh my god, me too. My mom was like, "No, they're too yeah, expensive." My parents are like, "No, nope, so too expensive. expensive. Too expensive." I was too yeah. big for some of that shit too, but I was still trying to squeeze into it. <laughs> I don't think I got anything from there. We literally just looked around and I had the magazine too. My mom was like, nope, it's yeah. too expensive. You um, can smell it. Oh, you can smell it? <laughs> like, I, like do, you, do you ever, like, with your memories, like, like they have specific smells. Like, I just remember that store in Carousel Mall had a specific smell. Hmm. And now I'm thinking about it. Guys, remember malls? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a place of nostalgia, though. Malls are, that's like, nostalgic. dead. That's nostalgic. That's nostalgic as hell. That's cool, those places in the mall. Yeah, just hanging out at the food court. The food court, or where you would make a big show of going to the movies at the mall with your friends, and yes. your parents would drop you off, and you just be there. Being annoying as hell now that I look back on it. 
Like I see those kids now and I'm like, oh God, get me away from that. Where are your parents? Yeah. Yeah. Um, next on the list is Heelys. I always thought Heelys were dumb, honestly. Does everyone know what Heelys are? I didn't, yeah, I didn't have them. But I always knew kids who did. Um, Hotmail. I didn't have that. I think that's a little... I, I, still, have no, I still have to check sometimes my Hotmail. Oh, I, wow. Okay, I was doing Hotmail like college. Like those were all my, my applications were connected to my Hotmail. Um, my mom still has Hotmail to this day. So Hotmail. Got milk ads. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't remember those? Oh, you no, do? No, I do, okay. I do, I do. Um, Ruben Stuttered and Clay Aiken. Yo. Yes, American Idol. Idol. That was my Do you guys remember from Justin to Kelly? Oh, my yes, God. I love American yeah. Idol. <sighs> I love that, American Idol, too. That movie introduced me to a Niki Noni Rose and always been obsessed. That shit was so good. It's like that was my that was my show. Like I would stay up till twelve AM voting. Like in school I was known as like the American Idol person. I would make buttons of the people I liked for American Idol. I would go ham. Wow, that was my issue. <laughs> yeah. I was about that life, man. <laughs> I would like cry when my favorite went off. Like I'd be like sobbing on the bus to school. It, it was oh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um next are the my scene dolls. I was wondering if that was What's just that? a me thing. I'm trying no. to remember. You like what the Madison doll? Look like my favorite doll. Yep. Yep. Look them up. Madison. And I also played the um, video game online. Mm-hmm. And they had like yeah. this theme song. It's my scene. My scene. My scene. You know what I mean? It's my scene. Oh, yeah. the game online. Oh, yes. My yes. uh-huh. them up. Uh, yes. Yep. I remember Bratz dolls. Yes, Bratz dolls. Love Bratz dolls. That was my thing. I only liked them because they had big lips. And I was like, finally. Representation. <laughs> Representation. <laughs> Except when the, the white girl had all like big lips. I was like, that don't make no sense. <laughs> the Brad Stalls were lip injections. Like fashion Nova models. Yeah, they look like Fashion Nova models now. Oh, I said that on one of our lives that <laughs> okay. the Brad Stalls vlog so Fashion Nova models can run. <laughs> um, next is the iPod Nano. I had a few of a few iPod Nanos. I had the iPod video and that shit was big. That even look like? I don't even yeah, that one. it's uh, it like it. Imagine like this being bigger, and then having like a big screen where you could like watch movies. I'm looking this up. iPod video, and it was. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. this one. That was hefty. It's still going for hundred and ninety dollars on eBay. That's crazy. I don't know. I guess I can give someone mine. <laughs> Um, next, um, are velour tracksuits, and I put Juicy Couture in with velour tracksuits, and, you know. I still got a couple in my closet at my parents. Damn. I would scour, again, I was just a very, uh, brand-obsessed child, um, and I would scour TJ Maxx for discounted Juicy jackets, and I couldn't find them at the same time, so I'd get, like, a, like, a $40 hoodie, and then scour for like the pants on another trip. The desperation. Um, razor scooters. You guys, yeah, I had one too. It had orange wheels on it. Love that thing. Um, and to end the list, I put Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> Chad. What else was he in besides the Cinderella story? Um, he was the in OC. One Tree Hill. Oh, that, that's it. Tree Hill. <laughs> 
Gilmore Girls. Sorry. Freaky Friday. Oh, sorry. Oh, Freaky Friday. With the long hair. Yeah. He was just like the it guy of like 2002 or something. I don't even know. Maybe 2004. (laughs) But he was like the guy. I was so jealous of uh, Hilary Duff in A Cinderella Story. Such a good movie. I really want to watch it now. I'm right? I wait. Sorry, I waited for the rain. It's so, so cheesy. Good. I wanted her blue flip phone. What? Oh, that's what you wanted out of that movie? Really? <laughs> Not Chad? Not yes. the boy. I was like, oh my God. Not the white boy. Yeah, no, not the white boy. Oh, speaking of nostalgia, <laughs> the amount of white boys I was obsessed with growing up. Chad Michael Murray being one of them. I'm shocked. What? I can't believe this is... I, I can't imagine Amari being obsessed with the white Honestly, boy. Honestly, I actually was too. Uh, yeah. I have, I have that's what we had. Yeah. That's literally all we, all we had yeah. on yeah. TV. Well, we yeah. had Bow Wow. I can't even think of... Oh, I was obsessed with him too. Oh, girl. When, when he, I, was, I became obsessed with Bow Wow when he reached Sierra. Around yeah, that stage. That's when you're like, okay. Oh, Little Romeo was my thing to... too. I never liked them. I never liked Bow Wow, Little Romeo. They were like, yeah, I didn't either. I just, I've told this story before, I feel like, but like my sister was in love with them and I was like, but Trunks from Dragon Ball Z, though. And Neroni Kenshin from Kenshin. <laughs> okay. I was, I was like obsessed with anime voice. So. Wait, I'm sorry. I also was obsessed with Danny Phantom. Oh, Danny Phantom was good looking. Oh, Danny Phantom was yeah. good looking. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I left you alone. Now I'm trying to think of all these other anime boys I used to like. I thought Yu-Gi-Oh was cute. You thought Yu-Gi-Oh was cute? I thought Yu-Gi-Oh was cute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rachel. He was cute. All the Disney princes. Uh, like Hercules, I used to love. Um, Aladdin was fun. Aladdin was... Good looking. What was the name of the Disney prince in uh, Little Mermaid? I thought he was the finest. Uh, Eric. 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 Eric was. Mm-hmm. Eric was fine. Do you all feel like this is a delusion though? Because why would they do that to us? You know, I mean, Eric was shitty though. Like he's yeah, not but actually why would they make good. Make these boys fine. Because like they want the you to feel perverted. Like <laughs> no, but I mean, like the real ones aren't like that. But also like. With High School Musical, like all these people are thirty playing like fifteen year olds. No, and so you're thinking, yeah. they oh, were high seventeen school. playing fifteen year olds. Only thirty year olds. No, the black girl was thirty. Well, yeah, Monique give a black girl 30. a job. She looked like she was like fifteen. She looked really no, young. No, I was talking about. But I'm talking about the boys because like they're casted in these movies, and you're going to high school thinking you're going to find oh, yeah. a nice they don't yeah. white boy. That was all the they look like movies. they're on meth at thirteen. Yeah, and you're just like, I'm confused. <laughs> I mean, I had a couple of good-looking white boys in high school. Once we got to high school, they picked it up, but they uh, they clearly did not look like Chad Michael Murray. Mm-mm. Yeah, that wasn't. Or they dated white girls. So, well, they were all white, so they mm, they were not looking over here. Well, the black ones dated white girls too. Yeah, yeah. They all dated white girls. They, That's that was the issue. They no one was checking white for girls. Us. And that was it. No one was checking, for and they would us. tell you to their face. They would tell you literally to your face. I'll never forget this. Me and a group of black girls were just sitting at the lunch table. And some black boys were just loudly 
one of the black girls like threw a pencil at one of the other black boys that lived like down the street from her. And then he decided to use that opportunity to talk about how black girls are ugly and how he would never date a black girl. And this entire group of black girls just sitting there like, and then it's like, it was the, a joke, my guy. It was a joke, but it was not a joke. And then all the other black boys started chipping in about how black girls are just ugly. Yeah. And if, oh my God. I, how old were you? Like 15, 16. Yeah, it's definitely ingrained in them because I remember being in high school and we were like, why don't you go to, we were talking to one of the black boys and we're like, why don't you go to prom with like one of our black friends? There was only five of us. And he was like, I don't, I don't take black girls. And mind you, like this girl was stunning. This guy looked like a bum. And to this day, all the guys, at least from my school, are bums. And all the girls like graduated from like Ivy Leagues and work in tech mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, have the tables have turned. Yeah, looking back now, those guys were totally not worth it. Like, they all probably have baby mamas. But yeah, if I was Janae now, I would just be like, but your mama. <laughs> but it's crazy. But it's, well, at least in my school, the one, there wasn't a lot of black people. But for, there's a decent amount of mixed mixed boys and their moms were all white so they didn't care when they were dissing black women of course they didn't and i'd be like but your mom's black and be like no she's white and i'm like just like my girlfriend (laughs) bitch (laughs) (laughs) oh boy i definitely we definitely gotta interview some mixed people on the show too but also how the dynamic is different when the mom is black black it's very different. It's very different. Well, it's it, it seems most of the time way. it's very different, but it but sometimes it hurts when it's not different. Like when the Probably mom is black hard. and they're still like exhibiting very like anti-black sentiment, and I'm like, how? Yeah, I'm not black. I mixed. Sorry, that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> but someone did say that on MTV, and everyone just like side eyed him because he is he is a black baby mama too. And I think I sent you guys this clip. He's like clearly mixed and he's like i don't know what it's like to be black in america and his black baby mama like went off because like they have a black kid again like kia says kia's kia's advice to people don't procreate do not do it people like don't do it honestly i don't understand if i wasn't i I would want to be black if i wasn't black I, i too would want to be black like, that's why Kylie Jenner is out here trying to copy everything that Rihanna does. So black people who don't want to claim their blackness really do confuse me. Because I'm like... I think because they want the privilege side. All privilege, no oppression. So, yeah. We could go on and on about nostalgia because as we know, it's like one of the greatest things in the world. Um, but we'll stop this conversation uh, for now. We can continue it on social media, guys, if you want to, though. Um, just hit us up. But let's go into Rachel's segment this week. So... Um a few days ago, I was on social media. I follow a few accounts um, that talk about mental health and self-care. And I saw a post about derealization disorder. And I, w- I wanted to do more research about it. And I thought like this would be um, a great topic to um, talk about on the podcast. Uh, so according to the Mayo Clinic, depersonalization derealization disorder 
occurs when you persistently or repeatedly have the feeling that you're observing yourself from outside your body or you have a sense that that things around you aren't real or both. Feelings of depersonalization and derealization can be very disturbing and may feel like you're living in a dream. So here are a few symptoms. Feeling that you're an outside observer of your thoughts, feelings, your body, or parts of your body, for example, as if you were floating in air above yourself. Feelings like a feeling like a robot or that you're not in control of your speech or movements, or the sense that your body, legs, or arms appear distorted, enlarged, or shrunken, or that your head is wrapped in cotton. There are a few treat a couple of treatments um, that you can get if you have this disorder. One is psychotherapy, also called counseling or talk therapy is the main treatment. The goal is to gain control over the symptoms so that they lessen or go away. And the second treatment is medication. There are no medication specifically approved to, there are no medication specifically approved to treat depersonalization, derealization disorder. However, medications may be used to treat specific symptoms or to treat depression and anxiety that are often often associated with the disorder. It is important that we learn about uh, mental health illnesses and not self-diagnose. I am not a mental health counselor, but I am an, an advocate for mental health awareness. There are things that happen to our body or the way we feel that we don't understand. And that is why it's very important to talk to someone about what you're going through or at least um, write write about it um, to realize that, you know, something is happening and something is going on with you. And don't push it aside because you don't know. Um, I, I say this all the time. You just don't know how or when it's going to come up. So it's very important that we take care of our mental health the same way we take care of our bodies. Okay, on this edition of The Shit, um, our friend, I want to say your name correctly. I hope I do. Um, Marcody Roden. And he said, I love y'all's podcast and dynamic. It's a nice break from my usual algorithm, which is pretty rowdy. My question, during the COVID crisis, creatives have been challenged to find new ways to produce content and maintain an audience. I myself am an amateur podcaster slash producer. How have y'all, Southern, LOL, because he said y'all, um, found ways to maintain and cultivate any audience despite the quarantine setbacks. Again, love the show. Hope to hear a response. So I, I thought that this question was really, really interesting because it is true that so many people are struggling, like really, really struggling to, to do new things. I mean, even with us just being gathering to record the podcast, we take what? 30 minutes to actually start before like our time because there's always some type of technical difficulty. Um, but that aside, I feel like 
honestly, with quarantine, we've had more luck growing our podcast simply because we've all had more time to be more creative. What do you ladies think? That's interesting. If I, I don't know if this is just me being like too hard on myself or have unrealistic expectations, but I thought it would grow more. Um, especially when white people are like, we want to support you more. Um, so maybe I'm just being biased, uh, because I do have to realize that it's like, you know, everyone's path is different. And so, uh, I know like, especially during quarantine, we've really thought about marketing the podcast differently on socials and like our marketing strategy. And now I'm looking to TikTok and ways that I could take like Amari's brainstorming from Instagram and how I can put that on TikTok for us. And cause that seems to be like a platform that's growing larger and we're looking into our YouTube and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely been harder. I don't know if that's, and I know a lot of people will come up to me and be like, Oh, I haven't listened to the podcast in a while. Cause I don't commute or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's been a little, for me, I feel like wishy-washy about it. Cause I, I don't know if my, my expectations are unrealistic. Um, but you know, I just want the best for the podcast and I, I want, I want really high things to the podcast. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Like we've had growth during quarantine, but I think it's been like a slow burn. I think our whole growth for the podcast has always been like a slow burn, but the audience yeah. we have is a really dedicated audience. Um, but I think for, I think it, it's like twofold for me. So personally, I think quarantine has helped me really lean into the podcast more. And I feel like I'm more active, like even in our social chats, I feel like I'm bugging everyone each day for something. Um, and I felt more inspired during this time. But it has been interesting in comparison, comparing other um, people's kind of like side hustles and seeing how they've been able to grow just by starting at the beginning of quarantine to where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do think overall, I think like you have to give yourself some grace because um, I think people's level of interest will kind of fluctuate just based off of quarantine. Um, I think in the beginning, everyone was like, oh, like we're going to do X, Y, and Z. So there, I think there's more like activity and excitement around it. And I don't think everyone's just like tired and like, like Kia said, it's not as exciting to go, like, I'm going to go listen to the podcast in my shower for five minutes versus, like, I'm listening to a podcast for an hour on a commute. Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry if that's not, like, as helpful as, like, how I you know. can <laughs> I mean, when when I think about how, maybe not necessarily how our numbers have skyrocketed, but when I think of ways that we've kind of changed and grown, um, we've started using video elements more often And honestly, that's something that I feel pretty happy to do now because I don't have a job. um, And this that's something that I can just quickly go and do. Um, I feel like we've been able to focus more on socials, like Amari said, and just pump out more content there and focus on getting lists of advertisers and focus more on nailing down stuff like that and things that will help us grow. So Although maybe our numbers haven't skyrocketed, I think personally for our our question, I think don't necessarily focus on the numbers, but focus on something that you feel like could give your podcast longevity. So if that means engaging more with video, doing more, if if that means getting a TikTok because, you know, the youth are on TikTok, maybe put your energy and effort into things that may have longevity instead of just looking at the numbers. Yeah. 
I think that's a good a good way to think about it because like at least during this time, I think our content has become more airtight than ever before, and I think it looks very professional. Um, and also, like I don't want to disregard the you know the I think the activity we've seen on social media too, whether on Twitter, <laughs> being retweeted by Matthew Cherry of Hair Love. Um, yeah, that's a big thing, right? It's not so like we've gotten recognition and we and um and I think our content is is there. I think the audience numbers will grow and come, but like you said, Janae, I think now is the time to kind of like hone in on your one thing. Like for Janae, this time has been, um, I think, I think of Janae as like our TV host, like our TV host personality. And that's why we lean into her for Instagram because that's like, I think that's Janae's like, you know, I think that's just like one thing we've been able to like do during this time is more so find our, our niches, like our areas and kind of like hone in on that. Um, so maybe that's just what quarantine is about um, for for creatives, just kind of like finding that one area that you think needs improvement and then just like dedicating the time to that. I don't know. I think also it's like I'm, I'm pretty confident in our content. Like is our podcast 100 percent like perfect? No, but I think a lot of people resonate with it. And that's like the thing that keeps it going, because I mean, since day one, we've been pretty at least I've been pretty adamant on like you know, the small details of like, is our audio good? Like, how can we prove our video? How can we improve like these things? And like you said, like honing in what's really makes you like, good. I feel like for me, I always wanted to be like, kind of in front of the camera. But now I'm kind of like, oh, I only want to use the in front camera experience to kind of like, use, be more of a pro in like the back end. So like, for me, it's more about like, building, um, something where I can like later on like build my own company or like now I'm realizing like oh maybe I'm not so much like as a use maybe on like the talent development side but maybe like I said before we like went back on this break like helping black creators like lift up their playing field on these tech platforms or like being a project manager of like hey like Amari's good on Instagram like collaborating with her how can I take this from like Instagram to Twitter to TikTok or delegating like that type of thing um so it's definitely been like an um interesting like internal growth um I think I'm just like very bad with like patience still where I'm just like I want the podcast to be number one I think it has the potential to be number one and being like okay Kia you need to build in on that social to bring people to the content because I have very strong faith in our content it's just the small details where I'm like okay we need to just bring people in and I'm, I would be really happy when we see that and I think one thing um, you guys forgot to um, mention that uh, I feel like has been working that key has been um, help promote is um, reaching out to other podcasts mm-hmm. and doing like promotion swaps mm-hmm. and also um, you know joining their being on their podcast as well to um, to um, get like the uh, audiences and or listeners from their audiences mm-hmm. and vice versa so i think that has been helping as well right like yeah. more we yeah that's true kia's really pushed for like the more like collaborative spirit i think during this time and i think also that's good because like i think a lot of people now too as black creatives are kind of like reaching out into the ether and like pulling each other in so that's been good and like just to build off of um what kia said just about like patience um and longevity is that not from the podcast side, but just like from like my own personal like writing side, I've found success with projects that like I haven't touched in like eight years. So mm-hmm. I think people like if you believe in something enough, 
I think you can stick with it. And I always think of um, just like authors who will talk about the fact that they like wrote a book 10 years ago and they tried to like push it out to agents and stuff and never got a bite. And they've been sitting on this project for 10 years and then they finally got it published. So I think if you stick with something, believe in it hard enough and stick with it long enough, you, you will eventually see that success. So that's what, yeah, that's what I'm holding on to. <laughs> I need to remember that. Cause my pa- like I've struggled so much with patients. Like I feel like that's the number one thing where it's grown. I've gotten significantly better in the last three years, but it's still something I really struggle with. And I think especially with this pandemic, I'm just like, wow, it would be nice. Like, like for all four of us, like if we could really lean on the podcast, you know, to kind of like not relying on these external things where like we have to apply to jobs or like these other stuff. But I'm just like, damn, it would be so nice if we could just like really invest in like our space and that space can like provide us with what we want as well. Yeah. But this was very therapeutic. Thanks, guys, because I've been feeling down like all week. And I'm yeah. also trying to be a little more vulnerable because I'm also not a strong suit. But this has been very helpful. <laughs> yeah, the weeks have been weird, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough. It's been a it's been a weird time. I'm hoping like I'll feel better in like the next week or so. But like I can feel like the depression pocket. And I'm like, go away. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you just have to like like Rachel said earlier, kind of like give yourself that space to feel those feelings and like recognize that like it's okay and it's normal and like shit's freaking hard. This is a pandemic. No one like taught us in school how to deal with freaking pandemic. Like this was not yeah. a part of the future planning. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think you just have to give yourself like a, a, a break. Okay. Sorry. I, I've been like so pessimistic this entire episode. I, I'm so sorry. I no, think I'm just fine. so taking, I don't know what to say because I'm so used to wearing that hat <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> Did that answer your question, sir? I know. <laughs> He's probably listening to this like uh, yeah. <laughs> Did I make him cry? <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the right question. <laughs> no, but it was actually a really great question and we really yeah, appreciated so you responding. <laughs> that made our day. <laughs> Um, but yes, thank you guys for joining us this so-called Oreos episode. Um, make sure to follow us on, uh, well, make sure to stream us on all streaming platforms um, and follow us on all the socials. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we took, we're not on TikTok yet? Are we on TikTok? No, not, not yet. <laughs> We'll get there. Um, yeah. And make sure to uh, leave reviews. We love hearing from you guys. And if you have time, uh, please, please take our listener survey. It's been up for a bit. Um, and we just want to be able to cater uh, our our episodes and our social media and everything to you guys. Um, so thanks for listening again. Uh, until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.